Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. In our show, I speak with experts about building people networks and engaging community. Together, we share how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Simona Pecha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. With this 10th episode, we've reached the end of season one of the Building Community Podcast. Thanks for being along for the ride. And a huge thanks to the wonderful guests who stepped in front of the mic in the Connecting with Connector series. We had experts from a variety of industries share their insights. And we learned about how to reach community goals and create sustainable outcomes to generate positive business impact. Today, I get a chance to reflect on some of the topics we've discussed this season and share 10 community lessons learned to wrap up this year. Before we do, hit the subscribe button wherever you enjoy your podcasts so you can be along for the ride when the next season airs. Now let's get started. Community today means more and is more important to organizations and their people than ever. We see a huge shift in how people work and where they work, what they need to be productive, and also what it is that they need to be happy at work, and how businesses, small and large, engage their teams all across the globe. And we face what economists call the Great Resignation. Data of the Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us that 4.4 million people in the U.S. quit their jobs in September 2021. And in October, it was another 4.2 million people. These are record-breaking numbers. And more than a third of the people in the U.S. in a recent survey said the culture was the main reason why they're looking to find a new job. You know, our teams are hurting right now. And let me share another number. During the past 35 years, Americans used to stay at their jobs for about five years on average. Today in 2021, that number is only 1.8 years. Let me repeat that. The average American stays at a job for only 1.8 years in 2021. That is concerning. And the chief U.S. economist at Oxford Economics tells us that people are not just quitting for the sake of quitting. They're quitting to find better employment. These numbers are a clear indicator that people have been unhappy with the way that they were and in many cases still are expected to work. Some think that the great resignation was triggered by the global pandemic, but I believe that it's been a long time coming and that what we see now was not triggered, but simply accelerated by the pandemic. My solution is employers who rethink the employee experience. I truly believe that employees need to feel seen and heard from the very first touch point during the hiring to way, way, way beyond when the paycheck stops. In my book, that would be right into retirement because we need to put our people first. We need to connect with them, with each other. We need to create shared visions and values and really listen and provide what it is that they need to be their best through networks and by engaging them through community. And that's a tool that allows us to bond our employees to our organization, not only to say, but also to show that we prioritize culture and our people. Truth be told, I think we've been talking about culture the wrong way in recent years. Do we really need fruit baskets, free lunches, ping pong tables, 
or the yoga classes and fitness club memberships. Is that what we think of when we're talking about a great corporate culture? I think our teams would rather want to be seen and heard, taken seriously, truly cared for in times like today when health and our family and our friends and our loved ones around us are most important. So I think it's time that we also rethink the employee experience so that we can help our teams thrive through networks and through community. You know that that's at the heart of what I do and what I love. Organizations have a huge challenge at hand today. They not only need to drive business, which is already difficult, but in order to do so, they need to first retain top talent and they need to attract new talent to their organizations. And in today's market, that is really difficult. How do you stand out? I believe that corporate alumni networks can help. Think Teams for Life, where current and former team members can pull their forces so they can root not only for your organization, but also for each other, support each other, have each other's backs. And that's not some sort of a fairy tale. If you do community right, people don't only consume your contents passively, but they'll actually engage. They'll be actively involved, not because you tell them, but because they want to and because it feels right for them. Your teams can take advantage of a number of services and programs that you as an organization provide to them as part of that network, as part of that community. So for example, personal and professional development opportunities for those team members who believe in lifelong learning or the opportunity for career transition trainings for those that no longer feel that they're a good fit. I know, I know. Look, people who want to leave are going to leave anyways. Why not make the experience better for them? And then another example would be access to future job opportunities in your organization where they can support you as either a consultant or for short-time projects or as a volunteer or even a rehire. We call these boomerangs. And I'd love to look a little bit deeper into the topic of boomerangs and boomerang employees a bit later in the episode. Another example would be you give your team members access to a platform where they can share their accomplishments and voice their opinions so others can see, so you can shine the light on what is important to them. There's opportunities for public speaking engagements at your events or through spotlights on your website or content they produce for your outlets. Also, for example, networking opportunities where they can network with each other or with friends that they've made who left the company or if they've left with people who are still at the company. And then there's tailored news that you can share and information that is relevant to their role and to them personally. And there is so much more. We could have a whole show on that topic. But the pointer is, if you approach community with authenticity and your teams feel at home in your organization, they feel supported, you have their best interest in mind, this sense of belonging creeps in that is so innate to us, that is so important to us as a human species. It slides in and people just feel good, you know? They can't really put words to it, but they feel that they're part of something that's greater than themselves. That's that's culture. That's feeling at home. And yes, to those of you who worry about the resources it takes to put that together, to host a network, alumni networks not only help your teams, but they also help you reach your strategic goals, your business goals. So you need to align alumni and your community strategy with your business strategies. And then it's a win-win for all. One concept that supports this idea of the corporate alumni network for your organization is employee lifetime value. It's ELTV. And that's a metric that measures the net value that an employee provides to an organization throughout their entire complete employee life cycle. So 
the longer you stay in touch with your teams, the more value they're able to generate for you to give back. And I'm clearly of the opinion that the employee life cycle doesn't have to end when the paycheck ends. To me, being in touch with your team members should never end. And yes, obviously, there is a few exceptions to the rule. But in general, stay in touch with the people that are part of your organization and that root for it. So they can continue to do so in the long run. There is so much more that people can give and want to give. Why not open ourselves up for that as an organization? There are many ways to look at that. So let me just pick a few to discuss here. There's the business development perspective, the brand ambassadorship perspective, the pro bono support through volunteering, the mentoring aspect, the diversity, equity, and inclusion program perspective. And lastly, there's the HR perspective. So let me go into detail about these a little bit here. The business development perspective, we can bring in new business with the help of the people who know us best. So with our teams, think about those large consultancies that have managed over many, many, many years and decades to increase revenue through alumni-assisted sales. Because, you know, when people leave and they have other roles in organizations to decide who their contractors are, which services they want to bring in, and which products they want to purchase. In short, those who leave us, if they speak highly of us, are an excellent referral for future business and an excellent driver for future business. The brand ambassador perspective. It's priceless if former team members amplify our message. They know us best, right? They know what we stand for. And having them root for us publicly when we're not in the room, that is so truly valuable. They can speak about us on social media, in one-on-one conversations at a party, among friends and family members, or on job and career sites. You know, the glassdoor.coms of the world. Having positive voices out there that speaks for us is priceless. So have a good relationship with your team members and they will give back. And then there is the pro bono support through volunteering. When it comes to that, the more the merrier, right? When it comes to doing good, we can increase the number of hands that are on board for social initiatives when we bring together former and current employees. Think about collecting trash to clear a local river or cook for the homeless or read books to children in a hospital. Our organization's impact will be multiplied with extra hands on board. And the more good we can do in a structured way, right? So we can track it and talk about it, the better. Then there's also the mentoring aspect where information between former and current team members flows freely. So we want to bring together the teams either informally at networking events or at social gatherings or through formal mentorship programs. So the formal mentor-mentee relationship so that this institutional knowledge that usually gets lost with every departing team member stays and remains within the organization. Why not incentivize knowledge exchange, right? And support former and current team members so they can help each other out, learn from each other and grow together. Then there is the diversity, equity and inclusion program perspective. Through our alumni community, we can target a specific subset of potential team members. For example, if we want to support women in the workforce or shine the light on the excellent work of minority groups or host programs for specific interest groups, we can target our communication And we can help raise team members up if we know who they are, where they are. We can actually reach those people. And lastly, there's the HR perspective. That touches on the challenges that talent acquisition teams are facing today. They're having a really tough time retaining talent and an even tougher time hiring for great fits. 
And alumni network gives us access to pre-qualified and pre-vetted talent pools. So if we have experts we need at our fingertips, we see decreased costs in hiring, we see shorter onboarding periods, and we also gain competitor intelligence. Who wouldn't want that? So let me dig a bit deeper here because lack of talent is not only an issue that's with us today. We'll see the effects of today's challenges even more so down the road. So tomorrow, a year from now, five years from now, when we cannot fulfill our business objectives because we lack the teams to implement our strategies and to reach our objectives. A survey by Go Banking Rates revealed that 7 out of 10 people would actually return to a company they worked for before if they were asked or if such an opportunity ever came up. So that's actually giving me hope. It's that concept of boomerang employees, right? They leave, but then they come back. That's the rehiring of talent back into our organizations. When we bring someone back who previously worked for us and did a great job, obviously every scenario and every setup is not a good fit for that. But let's talk about the good sides. Alumni networks can be an amazing tool to help us do more of that. And that's why I think that alumni networks, corporate alumni networks, should be part of any organization's strategy for managing talent. Not just now in the short run, but in the long run. Have those relationships, maintain those relationships. And later on, you can tap that talent pool if you need. I know, I know, we still have this antiquated thinking out there in many organizations about severing ties with people who leave us, right? No longer seeing these former team members as allies. Sometimes we just feel betrayed, but nothing can be further from what's good for our organization. We truly need to nurture these relationships and show that we truly care for our people beyond their time at our organization. I think that we have to switch that mindset that's often hiding deep, deep, deep down in our minds and the minds of many hiring managers. Don't take it personally when a team member leaves, but we should rather applaud them, help them along, raise them up. There are many reasons why team members are looking for an opportunity elsewhere, and many of them don't come from a place where people turn their backs on us. Sometimes it's just some other opportunity may be a better fit for where they're in life at the moment, or they want to be closer to family, or want to try out something new. So let's treat them like we treat our children when they head out to college. Instead of turning our backs on them, we should be here to lend a helping hand and to support and give them the opportunity to learn and gain experiences elsewhere. And I don't know, kind of let them fly and find out who they want to be and what professional framework is right for them and be in touch. Don't, 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 don't ever lose contact because if the time is right again, at some point in the future, we may want to welcome them back with open arms into our organization because boomerangs bring a tremendous amount of value with them. And there's the five most important ones that I want to touch on right now. First, former employees are a pre-vetted expert talent pool in a time where it's super hard to come by talent. You already know their skills, you know how they work in teams, you can really pinpoint their expertise, you know what they're good at and what they're not. Second, boomerang employees bring lower costs for rehiring, onboarding, and training. A Gallup study shows us that costs for replacing employees could be anywhere from $750,000 to $3 million a year, and that's for a 100-person company with an average salary of $60,000 a person. That's significant savings, and for those salaries that are much higher up, that number goes way, way, way up. Third, boomerangs are more predictable, and I'm talking the quality of their work and how they fit into our teams simply because we as employer already know them. We know where to place them and how to make the most of their talents. And they know us and consciously have decided that we are a great fit for them. And 
that leads to better short-term performance, especially over the first few years. Fourth, studies show us that over a three-year period, retention rates of boomerangs are 44% higher than for external hires. That's significant, right? In a time where turnover is so big. Higher retention rates save us money, save us effort. We talked earlier in the show about it. So retention rates are key. And lastly, fifth, boomerang employees have faster ramp-up times during onboarding. That is because they already know team members, right? They've previously worked with our systems. They understand our culture and they're familiar with many, many, many of our processes. So this results in less time and less expense that we need to think of during onboarding. And there is many more added values. I'd like to add a little more context to this. There is one prerequisite to using community successfully as a talent acquisition tool, and that is we need to have some key systems in place that starts with us building authentic relationships with our teams already while they're in the organization, while they're working with us. They need to feel seen and heard. They need to feel appreciated and valued. That is where our culture, our corporate culture comes into play. Then when people are ready to try out new things, when they look elsewhere for the next step in their career, we need to have well-thought-out offboarding procedures in place. These procedures need to clearly communicate the value we see in our team members. Teams for Life is that motto that I want to hold up here. We don't want to run after them as they head out the door. We want to embrace them while they're still with us. Then we also need to leverage technology, not only to help with keeping track of where our team members go, but also to tailor our programs and services and to target communication specifically to who needs to hear what and when do they need to hear it. That's the big notion of working to create personas that help us service the different needs that our current and former team members have. Next, we also need to continue engagement to help them in their career progression and to also give them direct access to positions that are not publicly available, that we don't have out there in job posts. So a good tip is post your attractive positions in the community, spread the word there if you want to hire from the pool of previous team members, treasure them. Don't be shy to actively engage with former members. That's how organizations can keep themselves top of mind. Because lastly, when the time comes and they are ready for another change in their career, you could be a perfect match for them. So don't be afraid to reach out to your A-team. That's how relationships remain intact. Well, that was some insight into the role Boomerang employees can play in our organizations and how we can use community to leverage the benefits of Teams for Life. Before we end this first season of the Building Community Podcast, I'd like to share a few inputs and best practices with those of you who feel that community may be a good approach for your organization. So let's kick this off. Lesson one, always start with a strategy because community works best when it's aligned with your organizational goals, with your overall strategy. When we think things through, why community is right for your organization, who it's for, like really for, what is it that you want to accomplish? We should have a mission, we should have a vision and also values that are linked to our community strategy, that are linked to our community. We need to have these lined up and we need to know what the goal at the end of any period, a year for example, should look like. Make those goals measurable because if we can show that there are small wins along the way and those little steps forward, it will be easier to justify the future leaps that we want to eventually have in community. Lesson two, don't try to be perfect, just do it. I know for a perfectionist like me, this is a tough one, but it's true. No community is perfect from the beginning. In fact, no community is perfect. Not in the beginning and not ever. You know, I've seen so many communities and worked with so many communities, but I don't know any that is perfect today. 
no matter how long they exist, no matter how hard you work on it. So we can't fear the unknown. We need to jump in the cold water and set out to start that community now. How to best do this is to designate a person, one person from the very beginning who feels responsible and who wants to make an impact and then go for it. We need to start small and scale as we see the results going. So don't try to be perfect, just do it. Lesson number three, involve your members from day one. You know that I always talk about putting people first. People want to be seen. People want to be heard. We want to have a voice. And today, more so than ever, we all have likes and we have dislikes. And a community's role is to fulfill these likes and steer away from these dislikes because that's what impacts community engagement positively or negatively. If we give people what they want, they're going to be part of it. If we give them all the things that to them are negatively connotated, they're not going to show up for you and for us and for the other members anymore. So get to know your members, involve them from day one, ask many questions, listen, truly, 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 deeply listen to their loves and to their hates and never stop iterating. Always adjust because people's needs change over time and they're going to be telling you. So as those needs change, you also need to change your community. Lesson four, give first, always, without requesting anything in return. We've talked about the clear value of alumni networks for organizations, those internal communities. And that's relevant when we align our community strategy with the overall business strategy. But when it comes to interacting with our members, with our stakeholders, we need to leave those thoughts aside. We need to make sure that we always give more than we take. And know in the back of your mind that law of human nature is that we want to reciprocate. If somebody does good onto us, we want to do good onto them. So we will be rewarded in the long run. But us as an organization, we will never ask anything from our members in return that they are not willing to give freely. Lesson number five, an ideal employee life cycle starts at the first touch point and won't ever end. So... That first touch point starts when a job seeker first hears about your organization, when they first think about whether or not they would like to work there with you, whether they would feel comfortable with your culture. And that employee life cycle from that very first thought where they could see themselves potentially in your organization, that life cycle doesn't have to end when the paycheck stops. It can go as long as the person lets us be in their lives. So what we need to do for an ideal alumni network, for an ideal internal community, is to include current employees, former employees, and retirees in our efforts. All of them add specific sets of value to our network. So why not include them all and have them be part of our ideal employee life cycle from the very first thought to basically forever? Lesson number six. Meet people where they're at and have multiple ways to engage. Well, we all have so much going on in our lives. Inside of work, outside of work, we're connected to our devices 24-7. And what we love more than anything is efficiency. I swear, efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. We don't want to learn another tool. We don't want to go to another platform or remember another login. So as we're planning out our communication strategies and our platform strategies, we need to keep in mind that we need to go where our members are, where they're already engaging. And I'm thinking WhatsApp, LinkedIn, Facebook, our websites, wherever they already are out there, 
we should find a way to integrate those technologies, those tools into our platform so people can easily connect and engage with us. And many times, community platforms already seamlessly integrate with social media and other communication tools out there. So keep that in mind to meet people where they're at and give them a number of different ways to engage so they don't have to learn new tricks. Lesson seven, always work to show the clear business value of your community. So that's a lesson learned to help you in your internal approaches. There is and should always be a clear business value associated with community. Creating that feeling of belonging that I'm talking about so much is not enough. We want to put our teams first, but that's not enough either. Ideally, we've already established those objectives that we want to reach with the community in our strategy, right? So next, we need to put those measurements in place so we can track our performance against these objectives. And I'm talking about OKRs here. OKRs are objectives as measured by key results. And they're so, so vital because if we cannot show a clear return on investment for the community, eventually resources will stop and our community will go away. So keep in mind to always, always show the clear business value of community and communicate those numbers that you can narrow down. Lesson eight, segmentation and developing our member personas is what makes or break our community efforts. A community is often like a big bowl of jambalaya. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Everything's in there, right? That's why segmenting or developing member personas is so truly important. When we group our members in categories, and I'm not talking about sociodemographics only, but also about psychographic ones. Those are the ones that tell us what our members like and what our members dislike. When we group our members in these categories, then we can best tailor our messaging, our services, our portfolio, and we can reach people where, when, and how they prefer to be reached. That's a win-win in any community's playbook. Lesson nine, data is the holy grail for innovative organizations. Well, I remember about five years ago or so, maybe a little longer, a Starbucks ad popped up on my phone when I walked past the Starbucks. That was kind of creepy at that time. But when you think it through, there's pros and cons to consider here. Yes, obviously, data privacy and regulations. But those same type of technologies can be used to give our members more of what they want, when they want it, and how they want it. Analytics tells us who engages with which service, when, and based on which prompt. Are they reactive? Are they proactive? That knowledge allows us to give people more of what they like. So in turn, having those analytics and understanding what keeps our members happy and engaged is going to make our community a better place for everyone in there. So data is the holy grail when it comes to best practices in community and If it were up to me, we'd have a data analyst as part of every single alumni team, every single community team. And lesson 10, celebrate everyone on their way out. Look, I'm a big fan of giving credit where credit is due anytime, not just when people are leaving our teams, are leaving our organization. But in the end, especially, we need to celebrate our team members as they venture out to new and greener pastures, to new adventures. We need to openly share which value they brought to our teams and how they can continue to stay engaged as continued efforts. So don't turn your back on your team members just because they leave. Celebrate them on their way out. Embrace them. Keep them in your midst because we never know what the future holds. This brings me to the end of season one of the Building Community podcast. Thanks for being on board. Thanks for joining along on this exciting ride. 
It was a wonderful experience, speaking with my guests, getting the audiences your feedback, and having many wonderful exchanges on social media and also personally about community and its immense value. Until next season, make your communities thrive. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. Until next time, help your communities thrive.